You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are all over in Tokyo competing for the goal. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, discussions, and so much more about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you guys, as always, 
for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, we don't have a whole lot to discuss on this episode, quite frankly, because again, like I mentioned in the last episode, it is August and a lot of the free agency slash trade frenzy that we experienced last week is now gone and things have slowed down. And now basically a lot of teams are either done for the most part with, you know, constructing their rosters for the upcoming season, or, you know, they're talking to teams about certain moves and things like that. And look, there's still some restricted free agents out there that need to be signed to new contracts, guys like Elias Pettersson, uh, guys like, um, you know, Quinn Hughes and, and different players like that. So obviously there's still a lot of things that need to need to get done. And obviously the Devils are one of the teams that have some restricted free agents, including a guy like Igor Sharangovich, um, which again, I fully expect uh, the Devils to probably get that done before the season begins. I don't expect Sharangovich to make it difficult. Um, when I saw that there were a lot of teams that ended up going having to go to sal salary arbitration, the Devils were not one of them. So that's a good thing. Um, and actually, one of the things we're going to be discussing today is one of the Devils restricted free agents signing their qualifying offer. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But for the most part, other than that, we're just going to be talking about some rumors. Um, basically, the main one is obviously going to be talking about Vladimir Tarasenko again, because, again, that's really the only thing that we have to talk about. Um, and also, there is a rumor going around about one of the players that is a restricted free agent, uh, one of the big name players in the restricted free agent market that maybe, just maybe, the Devils may decide to throw an offer sheet out to. It's probably very unlikely, but you never know. So, we have a bunch to get to, so let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with the news of a Devils re-signing, basically. Uh, yesterday on August 3rd, 2021, I'm recording this on August 4th, uh, the Devils announced, well, they didn't really necessarily announce just yet, but it was announced through, you know, the media that the Devils had re-signed 24-year-old restricted free agent forward A.J. Greer to a one-year contract, which is worth $750,000 at the NHL level and 130 million, uh, excuse me, not million, geez, $130,000 uh, in the AHL and the minor leagues. Uh, this past year with the Binghamton Devils, Greer played in 16 games, registering 14 points. So it was a pretty impressive deal. And the reason his name is relatively significant, at least in the most recent uh, Devils season, is primarily because A.J. Greer was one of the minor league prospects that was dealt to the Devils in the infamous Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac trade to the New York Islanders. Uh, AJ Greer, I believe, played one, maybe two games in the NHL with the Devils. Uh, he, I think he played with the team right away after he got traded and then played the rest of the season, um, you know, across the arena uh, playing for the Binghamton Devils who played in Newark and now are the Utica Comets. Uh, like I said, Greer, uh, he did pretty well, honestly, in 16 games with the minor league Devils, the Binghamton Devils. You know, like I said, 14 points, so it's pretty good. Um, is Mason, is A.J. Greer uh, somebody that the Devils are going to have as a guy that's going to be going up and down from the NHL level to the AHL level? I think there's a good chance. Um, you always know that there's going to be injuries. You know there's going to be, you know, guys that are not going to be able to play. And guys like A.J. Greer are going to get an opportunity to come into the lineup and play a couple of games. And look, 
Greer is not a point getter by any means. He's a scrappy player. For the most part, he's a minor league player. So, you know, pretty much you're not going to expect a whole lot out of him. Uh, I did remember that Tom Fitzgerald said a couple weeks ago that his plan was he was going to end up re-signing all of the restricted free agents that he has. And I believe he has just a few more that he has to get done. And again, um, I think it's only a matter of time before guys like Sharon Govich just sign their qualifying offer and move from there. But obviously the Devils haven't made an announcement yet. And I think primarily the reason for that is simply because I think they're trying to wait till they get all of the restricted free agents signed. But again, it could also mean that they, it's because maybe it's not a significant re-signing that the Devils not going to announce it. But I would imagine they would. I mean, they have to at some point to kind of announce it. But, you know, again, A.J. Greer, again, he's going to always be remembered as one of the guys involved in the Kyle Palmieri Zajac trade to the New York Islanders. Um, and again, like I said, he didn't make a big impression with the Devils uh, when he played the couple games that he did. He certainly made a good impression down in the minor leagues. Is he basically a minor league player? I think you can make that argument. Um, considering now that the Devils are a little bit deeper of a team with some of their other prospects coming up and potentially taking spots and also the potential of bringing in another top six you know, player moving forward, um, the chances of Greer being a regular NHL player is pretty small on this team, but he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be, you know, ready whenever. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that the Devils bring up every now and then if they need to have a guy sit for a couple games, or like I said, they have an injury and they want to, you know, have an extra body and he's there. So again, the Devils re-signed 24-year-old restricted free agent forward, AJ Green to a one-year deal. It is worth $750,000 at the NHL level and $130,000 at the AHL level. So that's one of the several restricted free agents that the Devils have to re-sign, and we'll see if they're going to be able to re-sign the rest of them moving forward. So now I want to shift to the rumors. This is, this is the main part of this entire episode, because again, like I said, there just isn't a whole lot of main, you know, definitive news that we're getting. Right now, we're just hearing a lot of speculation about things. And again, like I mentioned, there's a lot of you know, big name restricted free agents that still need to be signed. And it will be fascinating throughout this month, how things get done, what ends up being the case for some of these guys and moving forward. But obviously the big thing that the devils have been rumored with is of course the St. Louis blues left wing left winger, who for several years was averaging 30 goals a year, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, and we have a couple of reports or, you know, just things that have been said about the Devils and Vladimir Tarasenko. The first one comes from Anthony Marcotte of Do Sport on the weekends, which is 91.9 rate sports radio in Montreal. He had Devils assistant coach Elaine Nasruddin on his show. And at first, this quote was loosely translated. Most people use Google Translate, but luckily Amanda Stein being fluent in both English and French, she was able to clean it up and give us pretty much definitively what Elaine Nazardine was saying. Uh, he was quoted as saying, the hope is to add another forward. That's an area they still want to continue to upgrade. Basically echoing what Tom Fitzgerald has been saying, not a guarantee it will happen. So Nasruddin said basically that Fitzgerald is still obviously looking to upgrade the top six. And this is not a surprise to anybody because we know, we've known for several weeks that this is the case. When Tom Fitzgerald spoke to the media, 
He said publicly he is trying to find a top six winger to fit with either Jack Hughes or Nico Gishier. And he says, obviously, they're tough to come by. He's not going to force anything. He's going to sit and wait and see how things progress. And from a lot of things we've seen, the Devils are not done, obviously. They're going to continue to try to see what they can do here. But I, I definitely think that this will be the last big move. If the Devils make it, it will be the last big move that they make of this offseason. Because again, when you go back to the beginning of this offseason and we talked about what exactly the Devils needed to do to make this a successful offseason, it started with you needed to find a solid backup goaltender for Mackenzie Blackwood. You found that at Jonathan Bernier and you needed to upgrade the defense. And you did that by trading and acquiring Ryan Graves and then signing the biggest free agent and also biggest defensive free agent on the market in Dougie Hamilton. So you've been able to successfully complete two of the three objectives. The last objective is obviously to find a top six winger. Now, when you go back to when this whole saga happened with Vladimir Tarasenko, it go, I immediately reacted to it like Tarasenko would be a tremendous addition to this team because of what he's been able to do in the past. Now, over the last two years, he's played a total of 34 games because of a shoulder injury. And the Devils, like several teams, are not really wild about it and are curious to know if Tarasenko can get back to a decent amount of what he once was. And so I think that's a big reason why there just isn't a lot of traction right now with that. I think teams are talking, and we've gotten several reports, including we in the last episode we talked about it, the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers are all quote-unquote in a bidding war for Tarasenko, and I really think that that's not like as definitive as Dave Pagnotta said. I think it's more of just these are the only three teams that have really talked to St. Louis uh, recently, uh, and I think the Devils have been relatively the most consistent because in a lot of reports since Tarasenko asked to be traded, uh, the Devils have constantly been involved. The big thing, again, to remember is this. Uh, Tarasenko does have a no-trade clause, a 10-team no-trade clause, you know, very similar to Marc-Andre Fleury. And I would take a guess to say the Devils are one of those teams. However, over the last couple of weeks, it's been reported that Tarasenko at this point does not really care where he gets dealt. He just doesn't want to be in St. Louis anymore. Another thing to keep in mind, again, with Tarasenko is this. The Blues do not have to move Tarasenko. They are fine from the cap perspective, but they don't unfortunately have enough to necessarily be able to re-sign some of the other RFAs that they have that they still need to get signed. So I'm sure that, you know, Armstrong, the general manager of the St. Louis Blues, wants to try to move Tarasenko to open up cap space. And as I've mentioned before, and I'll mention it again, the Devils make the most amount of sense from the Blues perspective, primarily because out of the three supposed reported teams at this moment that are buying for Tarasenko's services, the Devils are the only team that can basically say to St. Louis, we will take all of Tarasenko's contract for the next two years, which is uh, $7 million over the next two years. So $14 million in total. So, to me, if I was Armstrong, and again, this is going to sound biased, but if I was Armstrong, I would, quote unquote, make a deal with the devil. Whereas, you know, you talk to New Jersey and you go from there. Now, I did see an article that was put out by Pucks and Pitchforks earlier today on August 4th. 
that gave three different types of trades that could very well be decent trades for the Devils and obviously um, the St. Louis Blues. All of them just saying it up front. All of them just have the Devils getting Tarasenko and that's it. The first one that I saw was a second round pick next year and Jesper Boquist. I'm not 100% ready to give up on Boquist. I still think he needs an op- a bigger opportunity, and I think he'll get that moving into this year for the first time in his career. He has some stability at the coaching position because he's played for three different coaches, John Hines, Elaine Nazardine, and now Lindy Ruff. And every time he goes down to the minors, he seems to do very, very well amidst a lot of the team not doing so well themselves. But when he comes here, it seems like he has struggled to fill a role. He's had a couple of good games, particularly this past year. And again, he's only 22 years of age with still a whole lot of potential. Is there a possibility that maybe he just doesn't fit with what the Devils are doing? It's possible. But he was a second-round pick. At one time, he was our highest prospect. And obviously, things have changed over the last couple of years. But he was our highest prospect. He has still a ton of potential, like I just mentioned before. And I think that the Devils should not necessarily give him up unless they feel like, you know what, this is kind of the end for ter- for um, Boquist here in New Jersey. But, you know, that's not terrible. The next one that I saw was more of a, you know, you gave them several picks, I think two in 2022 and one in 2023. That's not terrible because obviously you're not losing any players, but you are losing draft picks. And again, the Devils are not anywhere near being a Stanley Cup contender. Your hope is, is that with adding a guy like Tarasenko, the Devils move to being a team that could vie and compete for one of the final playoff spots. But because 2022 draft is such a big one, because by that time, all the players that we'll see have been able to play this year. We're not dealing necessarily with a lot of restrictions. I mean, we're still dealing with some restrictions with COVID, but not as many as we did last season. And it'll be easier for teams to evaluate. And there's a lot of really good prospects in 2022. And I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald wants to continue to try to, you know, feed the devil's farm system with riches of, you know, young talent. So that might be a little bit more difficult for Tom Fitzgerald to do, to give up that many picks. And the last one I saw was they gave up another pick or two and also Andreas Janssen. And again, I will say this, like I said, when we were talking about the Seattle expansion draft. I would prefer to keep Janssen. I would prefer to give him another opportunity for at least half a season to prove whether he can fit with this team or he cannot. Again, the Devils didn't give up, give up a whole lot to get him. They gave up Joey Anderson. And Joey Anderson barely played in the NHL this year. So Janssen technically was doing better than Joey Anderson, albeit not by much. But still, it was you know better than better than nothing. And I think now with him having relatively a full year now with the team he knows the team for the most part the coaching staff I think now he'll play with more confidence he'll be more comfortable and he'll go from there so I think that's something to keep in mind and again giving up picks look the thing with Tarasenko is this the injuries are concerning he's 31 years of age how much more of an elite type of player does Tarasenko have left If we can get him at pretty cheap, which I think the Devils could very well do if they play their cards right, then honestly, I think that's the way you got to go. But other than that, you know, I saw apparently from Bleacher Report, and and I'll talk about it in just a second, that uh, this guy that wrote it was um, basically saying the Devils had to give up one of their top prospects. And it's like, dude, do you see, like, 
if we were acquiring Tarasenko two years ago, okay, I can see that. But this is not the same Tarasenko that was scoring 30-plus goals a year for four or five straight years. So that's something to keep in mind. But again, to go back, you know, all the way back, basically, to, you know, what I was just saying, and Elaine Nazardine was just reiterating what Tom Fitzgerald's been saying this whole time. So nothing to get worked up about. The, the expectation, though, is that the Devils are not done. And at some point before the puck drops in October, the Devils will make at least one more relatively significant move. Now, there are two rumors from an article that was posted today uh, from Bleacher Reporters written by Lyle Richardson. Um, he had five different rumors that were going out and basically saying whether do we buy it or do we just sell it off and say it's not going to happen, you know, what, you know, with regards to whatever the title is. And the title of the article, by the way, I'll mention it to you guys in case you want to go look it up. It's called Buying or Selling the Latest NHL Rumors on Trades and Free Agency. Because, again, there's still some uh, well-known free agents left on the market. And I'm sure, you know, when Lula Morello decides to announce some of the signings that he probably has made, uh, that landscape free agency-wise will change a bunch. So that's something to keep in mind. But one of the five rumors is Vladimir Tarasenko to the New Jersey Devils. Because again, at this point, with the reported teams that are there, the Devils make literally the most sense. This is what Richardson wrote. He said, the New Jersey Devils pulled off the biggest surprise of the opening day of free agency by signing top defenseman Dougie Hamilton, which, by the way, I'm recording this, like I said, on August 4th. The Devils announced earlier today that Dougie Hamilton will be wearing number seven, which is kind of a weird number, but it's fine. He'll be wearing number seven. Uh, Jonathan Bernier will be wearing the number, the number he's usually been wearing in 45, and Ryan Graves will be wearing 33. So both Graves and Hamilton with a little bit of a surprise, but hey. You know what? Just an opportunity to make those numbers uh, way more valuable moving forward uh, with the New Jersey Devils. But again, let's continue on this article. They could attempt another trying to swing a trade for St. Louis Blues winger Vladimir Tarasenko. On July 29th, the Athletics' Jeremy Rutherford listed the Devils and Carolina Hurricanes as two destinations that made sense for Tarasenko. I don't, I haven't heard anything about whether Carolina is in it or if they're still in it or whatever the case may be. The Devils have just been one of the most consistent teams when it comes to constantly, you know, putting Tarasenko's name to his new, a new destination. He pointed out that the Devils still have plenty of salary cap space. At the time of this recording, they have $21.2 million. And general manager Tom Fitzgerald would like to add a top six winger. Again, this is something that we already know. Following the Blues signing winger Brandon Saad, Rutherford wondered if they might absorb part of Tarasenko's $7.5 million cap hit to facilitate a trade to the New York Islanders. He also suggested it might spur Blues GM Doug Armstrong to engage in trade talks with the Devils and Hurricanes. Again, like I mentioned this before, the Devils made a significant push to sign Brandon Saad and did not end up acquiring him. So they've moved on to, you know, obviously Tarasenko. They've also kicked the tires with Tatar, but it seems like he wants a pretty significant amount of term. The Devils don't want to give it, so that may not be a possibility, but the Devils could circle back and maybe give him what he wants. Who knows? And again, like I mentioned before, the Islanders, they would have to re the Blues would have to retain salary with, I think, basically every other team except the Devils. I think maybe Carolina, not really sure what their cap situation is at the moment, but again, the Devils offer the most flexibility cap space-wise for St. Louis. 
The Devils are in a better position to acquire Tarasenko if they wish. Not only do they have the cap space, they also have considerable depth in prospects and young NHL-ready players to tempt the Blues. Now, this part of the article is the part that made me want to just stop reading. But he wrote, Richardson wrote, perhaps they part with a winger such as Yanni Kwokinen or Igor Sharangovich in a package offer for the former 30-goal scorer. Look, I, as I mentioned five minutes ago, if, te- if this was Vladimir Tarasenko of th- two, three years ago, okay, I can see that. But this is a guy that right now is a high-risk, a low-risk, high-reward type player. He, in some cases, to some people, he's damaged goods. He may never get back to the same player that he once was. Having a shoulder injury could be detrimental to the rest of his career. And it's $7.5 million for the next two years, which is a considerable amount of money to be paying a guy that you're hoping can be a a very big-time player for your team when the expectation is considering his injury status, it just may not be the case. But to give up Yanni Kokin or Sharon Govich, two guys who have made significant contributions to this team and are here specifically as part of the young core, it just doesn't make any sense. So if Tom Fitzgerald's getting calls from Armstrong saying, hey, we want either Yanni Kokin or Sharon Govich, just, just turn off the phone, just hang up and look for somewhere else. And, you know, that's the way you got to look at it. And I would rather him Fitzgerald do that then try to force something here. And I don't think he's going to do that. So I wouldn't worry about that in the slightest. Um, And Richardson goes on to say the verdict of this is to buy this. So basically what he's saying is that there's a pretty good chance that something's going to happen, probably with the Devils and Tarasenko. I think it's a matter of just, let's just wait and see. I think at some point the teams are going to come to an agreement and we're going to move from there. But things can change. You never know what could happen, especially in the NHL. Now, the next rumor that Richardson put out in this same article, he also put out that Vancouver Canucks lose Elias Pettersson to an offer sheet. That's something interesting. Elias Pettersson is one of the big name restricted free agents who needs a contract. He's one of the two big names from Vancouver. They still have to give a new contract to Quinn Hughes as well. Now, the unrestricted free agent market is cleaned out of top level talent, but there's plenty of restricted free agents still on sign. Again, this is what Richardson wrote. Some, such as Vancouver Canucks center Elias Pettersson, could be tempted by a rival club with an expensive offer sheet. That was the concern among Canucks followers heading into free agency. On July 28th, the province's uh, Ben Kuzma, did I read it? Yeah, Ben Kuzma reported general manager Jim Benning was wary but unworried about the 22-year-old Pettersson receiving an offer sheet. Uh, quote, I don't think people should be concerned, end quote, said Benning. He expressed confidence in getting a deal done, signing constructive talks with the Pedersen camp. Several things work in the Canucks' favor. One, they have $14.1 million of projected cap space, more than enough to match an offer for Pedersen. The young center would have to be willing to sign an offer sheet, but there's no indication of that. There's also the fact offer sheet signings rarely occur. The last successful one occurred in 2007 when the Edmonton Oilers signed Dustin Penner away from the Anaheim Ducks. Also, the biggest one that we've seen recently was a couple of years ago when an offer sheet was given uh, from Montreal to Carolina Sebastian Ajo, and then the Hurricanes just matched it, and Ajo stayed in Carolina. The biggest sticking point in, is the compensation owed to Canucks if a team successfully signed away Pedersen. Any offer over $6 million would mean several draft picks going to Canucks, with the most expensive $10.276 million or more, costing four first-round picks. 
Given those factors, it's unlikely a rival club will make the attempt to sell Pedersen. So the thing with Elias Pedersen is this. Pedersen was part of that 2017 draft class. He was drafted uh, three picks after Nico Kishir was taken number one overall. And Pedersen has become a phenomenal, still very young, still not even fully developed uh, star in this league. He is a center, which obviously would make things tough because we already have our top two centers. Um, if the Devils really wanted to go balls to the walls here and actually make a serious attempt on Pedersen, not only would they have to probably give up picks, but one of Jack Hughes or Nico Hesher would have to go the other way. I'm just going to kind of wrap this one up really quick and say it's not going to happen. But the reason I brought it up is because, again, the Devils, you know, have been rumored to maybe throw out an offer sheet in the past. You never know if they could maybe make a deal and maybe it's something that they want. But considering where the Devils are, considering the amount of compensation you have to give up, I think the chances are slim to none that the Devils would even consider this. Considering also that he doesn't fill a position of need, even though he's incredibly talented, he doesn't fill a position of need unless he would move to the win, which I don't think he would end up doing. But um, re- uh Richardson actually ended up saying, uh, sell this one. So basically what he's saying is that the chances of anybody offer sheeting and Pedersen accepting is very unlikely. Most likely they'll get a deal done and they'll go from there. And again, $14 million, they have enough to do it. Uh, as far as the, the, um, the Quinn Hughes situation, who knows? I mean, things have ramped up rumor wise. The second the devil selected Luke Hughes with the fourth overall pick that, oh, it's only a matter of time before Quinn Hughes shows up. I think the chances of that are unlikely, but you never know. But again, the chances of Pedersen being a New Jersey Devil is basically slim to none. Now, the last rumor, uh, and I mentioned this before, but the last rumor that I have here is, according to Elliot Freeman on his 31 Thoughts, he says the Blue Jackets are trying to move Max Domi. Not sure if the fit is there for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and then I got some of my information as well from an article written by Jacob Nitzberg of First Ohio Battery, which obviously covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. He says the 26-year-old forward has one more year left on the two-year deal he signed with the Blue Jackets after he was traded from Montreal to Columbus. It comes with a base salary of $6 million and has a $5.3 million cap hit. Now, um, Nitzberg would go on to say any team that takes Domi would be doing the Blue Jackets a favor given three factors. One, the time that Domi will miss while rehabbing his shoulder. He has a shoulder. He got shoulder surgery and he's going to be out for, a, I, don't want, I don't know if it's going to be a decent check. It's going to be out for some time during the NHL season. Uh, Domi's cap hit, which is $5.3 million, is a lot to pay for a forward who only notched nine goals, 15 assists for 24 points in 54 games last year. And he'll be an unrestricted free agent after the conclusion of the 2021-22 season. When it comes to Max Domi and other guys like even Alex Galchenyuk, they are, and maybe also Galchenyuk even more, they're more of lower risk, you know, additions to this team. Again, Domi's not going to be fully healthy when the season starts. So it's not like the Devils would immediately be able to plug him in right away. I think that... Uh, the Seattle Kraken would have probably taken him in the expansion draft if he was, A, still unprotected, even if he was healthy, and, and obviously if Seattle wanted to do that. Um, so that's something to, to keep in mind. Also, I think maybe Columbus doesn't end up necessarily giving him up if he's fully healthy. But he was exposed in the expansion draft. He wasn't taken, and he's still part of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. So 
with Domi, he's still very young. He still has a lot of potential. The injury thing is obviously a concern. And again, similar to Tarasenko, but not as much. He's, he's given a pretty decent amount, but again, it's only for one year. So it's kind of like, almost like the devils gave him a prove it deal. And if it doesn't work out well, then the devils don't have to go after him again in 2020 in the 2022 off season. Uh, and again, if the devils wanted uh, Domi, they could certainly try to go after him in the off season of 2022. Cause again, he'll be an unrestricted free agent after this year. I think most likely um, Domi does get moved. Do I think the Devils would be the team that would end up acquiring him? I think the only way the Devils would acquire him is of several factors. One, a Tarasenko deal never gets made. Two, getting a guy like Thomas Tatar doesn't happen. And three, they don't end up making a move to get somebody like an Alex Galchenyuk as a you know lesser valued um, you know another uh, forward. Now again, I don't think Galchenyuk would be a top six winger on the Devils. I don't know if he would necessarily help us. He did pretty well on a third line uh, and even playing some second line in the playoffs. He seemed to do well, but again, he was playing with some really talented players and Matthews, Marner, Nylander, guys like that. Um, and then with Domi uh, again, the devils would have to decide would, would first have to see how long would it really take Domi to get back? And does this move make the most amount of sense? But I think it's going to be a last resort type of move. So again, when you look at the last two rumors that I talked about, Pedersen and Domi, I think they're relatively unlikely. But again, I threw them out there because you never know when these things could happen. And the Devils do have a lot of room. They do have a lot of you know abilities to make things happen, and they could certainly do it. So we'll see what happens. It's it's been another slow. It's it's another couple of really slow days. We're just hearing rumors, and obviously, follow us on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind uh, to get up-to-date news and information about things that are going on, rumors, signings, everything, uh, so you don't miss that. Um, but yeah, guys, um, it's been really slow, and hopefully over the next couple of weeks, things you know ramp up a little bit more, and we have some more you know definitive things to talk about. But uh, it's rumor season, and it's, uh, it's definitely interesting, without a doubt.